This episode features the cuisine of Sicily. Sicily is the largest island of Italy and is known for its volcanic mountains, a North African influence to its cuisine and architecture, and stunning Mediterranean vistas that have been featured in film and TV. We're joined by our friend, Chef Paulette Lissitra. Paulette teaches cooking in Nashville and conducts food tours of Italy. She discusses her tour of Sicily, cooking in Palermo Harbor on a boat, and visits to Capo Market in Palermo and the city of Ragusa. So join us for a fun discussion of the beautiful island and cuisine of Sicily. You're listening to Sharing the Flavor, a show that connects you with flavor and how to create. In this show, we connect you with recipes, cooking techniques, and show you a little bit of the science of cooking to help make you a successful cook so you can share flavor with your friends. I'm your host, Andy Gebby. Sicily is the largest island of Italy and is known for its unique cuisine, including great street food, wonderful seafood, and pastas, incredible sweets. So join us for a delicious visit to Sicily. I am really looking forward to this discussion, Paulette, about history, our grandparents, and the beautiful island of Sicily. This is going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. Welcome, Paulette. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. I'm fine. I'm great. Thanks for having me again. This is really fun. Hello, Gio. The non-Sicilian. That's right, the (laughs) non-Sicilian. We have two Sicilians and the other person in the room. (laughs) So, uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about the island of Sicily, uh, a little bit about our heritage uh, and about the wonderful food of Sicily and the fact that Paulette has made, was it several trips to Sicily? I know there was one specifically you're going to be talking about where you actually cooked on a boat, right? Yes, yes. Um, that was a trip in 2016 uh, when I brought a small group of my cooking class students from Nashville to Sicily. And we stayed um, in Ragusa, in uh, Cefalu, and in Palermo. So we kind of hopped around a little bit. That sounds like a blast. And, and it's funny because when I think of Sicily, so I so I think about well, let's talk about our grandparents for a second because we have, we, okay. we kind of have a conne- yes. we have a connection. There's a lot there. there. There's a lot there yeah. to talk about. So so mm-hmm. my grandfather uh, immigrated to the United States in uh, 1921. Um, he actually came through Naples and he landed in Boston and he was from Sanagro, which is in the area of Messina, um, which is one of the major cities there in Sicily, um, born in 1899. And Paulette, what about your grandfather? So my grandfather, well, actually both my paternal grandparents were from Ragusa and Ragusa is near Siragusa. So it's sort of the southeastern part of the island. <clears throat> There's a Ragusa um, that's sort of on a hill, and then there's a Marina di Ragusa, which is <clears throat> down and uh, along the coast. So it kind of has both areas. Um, so my grandfather came, I think in 1912, and he was born in 1894. And um, my grandmother, 
came a little bit before he did. And there's a big um, sort of scandalous story around that, which I can get into. But when I went to um, Ragusa um, a few years ago, one of my main things was to get my grandfather's birth certificate from the whatever the offices there that carry that kind of stuff. And I had a lot of back and forth correspondence with them before I got there. Um, and I was having trouble really connecting with them until one of the tour guides that um, I um, employed for my group said, I'm going to just go over there. She was from Ragusa. She, I mean, she lives there and is a Ragusana. And she just went over to the office and got it straightened out for me and then wrote to me and said, they have it. They have the birth certificate. It's there waiting for you. Cool. So it was all set up. So that was great. So, so for me, uh, you know, my, I, I have not been to Sicily to see where, you know, my grandfather's from. I think one of my cousins was able to go to Sicily to see, you know, um, you know, the Messina and also Sinagra to kind of see where he originated from. I had heard that he had immigrated to escape some things in Sicily that were unpleasant at the time. I don't know the exact specifics of it. Um, but, you know, he immigrated here to the United States. And as I was telling when we were getting ready in pre-show, arguably his, his most prized possession was his garden, right? He loved, he loved gardening. He loved growing tomatoes. He loved growing herbs. He obviously loved being at the dinner table and having sumptuous you know, feasts that my grandmother would make when we would come over. But I just remember him as being, I could easily see him as just being a gardener, farmer, and just being extremely happy with all that. That's cool. I, I know that my grandfather, I'm pretty sure, made wine in the cellar. Um, the thing is this, um, I never met my grandmother. Um, by the time I came around, my my grandmother died when my father was just like under 10 years old, I think. Oh. And I know. And um, he had such great memories of her and really, mm-hmm. of course, loved her. And then my grandfather married again. And so my father had a stepmother. Um, but to tell you a little bit of an uh, interesting story, my grandmother um came to this country before my grandfather and she came with a child she had a little boy that she had out of wedlock Mm. so that was a big scandal and then my grandfather came soon after and they were both from ragusa we had always thought that they met here in brooklyn that's where they came um and um married and she had a son and um, but it seems like the story is that maybe it was his son, and she left, and then he followed. Ah, okay. So where interesting? <laughs> we don't know for sure, but <laughs> <laughs> so she had a you know bad reputation, um, and uh, his family was like, stay away from our putana. You don't want to get involved. But he came here and they married. That's cool. So her son was named George, which is the patron saint of Ragusa. Mm-hmm. And then their first son, between the, my grandparents, was also named George. So there were two Georges. And then my dad was the baby in the family. So he came later. Neat. 
So forgive the illusion, heaven. So, so your real name is Montague? Yuck, 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 yuck. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <Yeah. laughs> because Actually, we didn't from know. Actually, there, just coming from Agruza would be enough to say, no, get away. Putana, putana. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I just want to say one thing. We didn't know that... Um, this first son was my grandfather's son. We didn't, we thought it wasn't, but then my dad had to um, deal with the, do some kind of, um, he, the, the, the oldest George was really not with the family after a while. So my father really didn't know him, but he had to go see him because they were dealing with some property problems between the siblings. And he said, as soon as this George opened the door. It was the spitting image of his father. Oh, wow. So we think he was the father. Interesting. There you go. Mm -hmm. Well, I know we have a lot to talk about in terms of Sicily, in terms of, you know, you've traveled there, you've seen the island, you know, the famous Mount Etna and the terrain of Sicily. The one thing I was going to tell you about, Paula, before we get into the food and all the wonderful stuff we're going to cover is I so uh, um, knew about Sicily from family heritage, right, and read about it. But one of the things that really made me appreciate it was, believe it or not, a TV show uh, called Inspector Montalbano, which was oh, I love that show. which is shot in Sicily. And it would just have these great sweeping vistas of it. And I'm like... That's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, Montalbano is shot in Ragusa. Is it? I didn't it's know It's actually that. in that town. And when I was there in 2016, I didn't know about this show. And there, were, there was like a little um, tourist office that had signs about, they did tours of, we'll show you all the places from the Montalbano um, TV show. Cool. I mean, of course, in the show, it's a fictional name, but they're using Ragusa. So it's kind of cool. So when I watch that show, I'm always looking for familiar spots, you know. I never do that. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's a great show. It's a, there's, there's great characters. Great great character development, funny dialogue, you know, wit, very witty stuff. And the, and the scenery is amazing in it, too. Mm -hmm. So highly recommend it's it. It's also the last good program they've made in, in public television since then. The last, the final one. There has been nothing that's been so good since then. Yeah. Really? Of course, it's based Don't on series of Don't watch the final. Don't watch the finale, please. Oh, <laughs> no, really? Do not. Do really? not. You'll get pissed oh, off. No. So you'll get pissed off, Paulette. Oh, okay. Okay. So not okay. everybody else. But I certainly haven't seen all of them, but I've seen quite a few, yeah. Okay, well, that's interesting. We've also got a young Montalbano series. Oh, that's right. There is. Same yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. Do they? Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah, but I love it. I never knew that, the, the connection with uh, Ragusa. Yeah, yeah. It's it's crazy. Since you went the best fish, apparently, in Italy, Ru by the way. Best what? Best fish, probably, in Italy. Yeah, could be. Um it's, it's such a small little, well, it's got two parts. It's got one part that's more um, modern and more sort of not as picturesque. And then they have the old part of Ragusa, which is really beautiful. But right. it's very small, you know, very small. How, how big is the population of Ragusa? Uh, you know, I, I don't know, because it covers a little bit of a bigger region, I think. So, so I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, we have a, we have a, 
a really cool menu here of stuff that we want to talk about. And I guess maybe mm-hmm. I'll ask you, Paulette, what order do you want to go in, in terms of all the topics we want to cover with Sicilian cooking? And to give, to give people a background a little bit, right? When, I mean, Sicilian cooking is, is often associated with sweets, like cannoli. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all, it's all often associated with street treats like arancini, but there's a lot more. So where, do, where would you like to begin, Paulette? Well, I think the scotcha, the scotcha, scotcha is how we knew it, um, is pretty interesting because I grew up with my father making this rolled pizza um, dish. And it would use a cheese called cavallo, which is a cheese from, um, from this, that area. Well, it's all, I've seen it in Puglia also, so there's probably different types, <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. Careful. And, <laughs> We don't decide another civil war. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, are, Giovanni, you know, do you know about Cacciacavallo cheese or Cacciacavallo? Caccia there are a whole bunch. Puglia is known as making probably the the, the most uh, flavorful one, but mm-hmm. everyone makes it. So there are a whole. They're like I don't know. There'll be hundreds, despite the the the, the attempt to reduce the number of artisan products. There'll be at least hundreds of people to make it. This would, be the, yeah. this would be the great war, mostly, war, the great war of Italy about who makes the best Cacciacavallo kind of thing. Could be. Um, I, Could I don't think be. they would fight fight about it, but uh, I don't know. I just think but it's or, funny or, that or, the name of it. Sure. Well, I think the, it's funny that the name of it is Cheese on Horseback. I think that's pretty hilarious direct translation. And it could be why they have why some of them have like that hanging from the rope thing. Maybe it hung over a horse, possibly. <laughs> but it's from the south. You'd say no more than I mean. I don't think I would find it in Tuscany or something. Would you? Uh, actually, probably would because it's oh yeah sort of sort of the, the big place for it is the Apennine Mountains. Oh, but, oh really? Cool. Interesting. Okay. Well, anyway, um, I remember growing up in New York that when we could get it in a, uh, you know, Italian deli kind of place that you can get, do you want the eating kind or the grating kind? And of course, the eating kind was the fresher one. And the grating was more aged so that it was harder. So in Sicily, I really didn't understand the distinction. I didn't get that deep into it. But when my father made uh, scotcha, it was like pizza dough which is the same pizza dough that I use now, um, which is actually originally from um, another Sicilian immigrant that was a friend of my family. It's a crazy dough because there's an egg in the dough um, as part of the thing, but it's a pizza dough. Anyhow, he used to uh, push it out. I don't think he used a rolling pin, but he used to push it out. And he would um, put some little bit of tomato sauce very thin slices of cavallo cheese and um, basil leaves and roll it up almost like a jelly roll and then bake it. And then we would eat it like cut in slices across like that. I grew up with this from the time I was tiny, tiny, mm-hmm. knew all about it, learned how to make it from my dad, made it myself a few times. We go to Ragusa and we go to a bar just to have a coffee and all the little treats you usually see in a bar, panini and, and little pizzette or something. In the case was scotcha. Cool. I, I, you know, like totally blew my mind because I never saw that anywhere except at my house, you know, or never heard about it or anything. I've heard of the, the uh, scotcha in Tuscany where they make pizza with grapes and stuff. And I've made that too. And I've had Not that the there. Same stuff. 
not the same stuff. But the scotia in Sicily had a million layers. It was like so, it was, it was flat, but layer, 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 lots and lots of layers. And I tasted it, it was like fabulous. And it was a familiar flavor, even though it was made differently. Mm -hmm. But, and it's particularly a ragusana pizza. And so my father must've learned it from his parents. I mean, I don't know, cause he knew this thing. So um, anyway, I had set up a couple of cooking classes for my group and they were both in somebody's home. And well, actually, one wasn't one, yeah. And then we had a third one that was at a uh, winery. And we go in there and she says, We're going to make a typical, you know, ragusana dish. So they made a pork ragu, mm -hmm. we made cavatti pasta, we made ravioli, and we made scotch. Cool. And I ended up making scotch in two different situations while I was in Ragusa. And it, it, it was just wild. It's crazy. It's, I've, ne I've actually never had it, but. It looks incredible. Honestly, it looks. It's amazing. And then I took their recipe, which was different because they only used um, semolina flour in their pizza dough mm -hmm. uh, with just water and yeast and some olive oil, I think. And they folded it so many times. They like got it super, super thin. That's why you have to use those dowel kind of yeah. um, rolling pins yeah. and roll it and then roll it on the pin and then push it out until you get this super thin thing. Mm -hmm. And they put the, the uh, little bit of sauce, a little bit of the cheese, and then roll it and fold it a million times like you're making puff pastry or something. You know, uh, lots and lots of folds, and you end up with this packet. And then you bake that, and then they cut it into squares. It's amazing. It is amazing. It makes me want, it makes me want to make it. I know, I know it's probably a fair amount of effort, but it looks just delightful a totally different it's great i'll send i'll send you both recipes because when i did it with my classes when i came home i did okay here's my dad's scotch and here's the one that i learned there you know yeah please do we can we actually we can link mm -hmm. to those directly in the show notes too which would be great okay great 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 yeah all right so now that i'm extremely hungry looking at scotch <laughs> <laughs> what would we like to cover next do we want to go to pork ragu or what would you like to cover yeah. next yeah, let's talk about that because what was funny is that um, this wonderful woman, uh, Juliana Okipinti, um, who's from Ragusa, she was my contact there. And she's the one who helped me get my uh, grandfather's birth certificate, too. She went over there and all that. Um, and then when she was setting up a class for us, I think she wanted to set us up with a local chef. And I said, well, you know, I really would love to cook with a local home cook instead. And she said, okay. So they brought us out to this winery and um, they said, we're going to do the class here. And it turned out to be her mother and herself. They were going to do the class. Cool. So we learned to make cavatti, which was like kind of like a, um, what do you call it? Um, oh, I'm losing the name. Tiny pasta. La, 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 la. Cavatelli. Cavatelli. Yeah. yeah. Like, kind of like cavatelli. That you just had a little piece and you would run it with your thumb on the, just on the table. It wasn't on a gnocchi board or anything. And we made some ravioli just with um, ricotta inside. And we made this pork ragu, which were chunks of pork, like small pieces of pork and bigger pieces of pork, just pieces of pork. I think they were probably pork shoulder or something like that, that we browned in the oil and then added tomatoes. I think they put a little wine and um, 
the thing is, is that when that came to the table and I tasted it, I literally started to well up. I started <laughs> because the flavor was exactly, exactly like the flavor of the sauce that my family makes, you know? So, so, you, so you happened, had that whole mental moment of going back to your childhood. Of- yes. And in this class, we made the scotches also. And, and so we're sitting down to this meal and it, it, it was that true, like, boom in your soul and your heart like wait a minute (laughs) i'm really from here you know it was just it was crazy that is really really cool it was really great well to describe it i mean it's a it's kind of a classic slow cook meal right of of cooking Mm -hmm. the pork and the sausage with it over hours making making this super rich tomato sauce in the process so just yeah, you know, I don't know. It's funny. It doesn't hit me as a super rich tomato sauce. It's a flavored tomato sauce with the meat. Um, and, um, you know, just cooked as long as it takes for the for this kind of um, cut of pork to break down and become tender enough. And it wasn't cooking for hours and hours. And maybe it cooked for an hour and a half, you know, while we were doing everything else. Right. And that's fine. That's all. That's all it needed, you know. Just, this this type of stuff makes me think about going to visit my you know my grandmother and my grandfather. My grandmother would have this this vat of sauce that she would have made with you know pork bones and things like that that have been cooking mm-hmm. for hours on end, and it was just it's just something I, I I could understand that moment of when you taste something, it immediately puts you back many years, and it's like you're there again immediately. Mm-hmm. And he just yeah. did that for his father, or since and his mother passed on. What did you do for your dad? Oh, I'm, I'm so I made a Christmas dinner like my mother would. Oh, oh and what was it? So he's a huge fan of chicken <laughs> marsala. Um, he's mm. also a huge fan of meatballs. So it was actually something where my younger brother and I uh, we spent hours cooking meatballs from scratch, you know, uh, check a Marsala from scratch and we fed him and it was cool to see him at the head of the table. <laughs> Mom is still there right next to him. He's enjoying his food and he's just very happy. So, Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. There's, and that's, I think it's, that's a special thing about food in general is, is when you can do something for somebody via food that just puts them in a place of complete bliss or a memory that's completely blissful. It's funny because I know Gio and I had a, previous show about uh, panentone every time mm. i have panentone i kind of transport back years right to when i first had it at geo's house and i keep thinking mm-hmm. about that i keep thinking about panentone i keep thinking about coffee fresh espresso that's come mm-hmm. off the come off the mocha and giovanni's father would use the the analogy of the trains come in when the train comes in, the espresso is done type of thing. You would hold like a little thing there and it's for a different episode. And yeah. oh, in a different, for a different episode, you can edit this out. It'd be interesting to see because uh, what you described, particularly with the meatballs and what she described now with uh, that, so- literally there's a way you guys know, of course, that both order and flavor goes straight in the back. Mm-hmm. Whereas other mm-hmm. senses are, are filtered. Because it's a more oh. essential, so it goes straight there. It goes straight to you. There's not oh, a filtering going on. But I'm thinking that in my too, there's an importance of having the filling of your mouth with the complex things. Because I don't, not all foods will do that. But I'm thinking of that marvelous sauce with pork and tomato that oh, makes yes. you well up. 
Yes. And in my case, it's not the panettone. It's the panettone, which is has to be a little bit stale because my father <laughs> would literally buy the panettone and from the year before. Yep. And it has to be dunked <laughs> and coffee and milk. And then it has to kind of... <laughs> <laughs> and that fullness is what sort of all of a sudden, uh, my God, because you're thinking about the whole tongue, jaw, nose, maybe even motion of hand and everything. And all of a sudden, you're all the way back. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Let's so get literally- back to Sicily. Andrew. Okay, we'll get back to Sicily. But yeah, we need it. We need to have an episode. We need great. to have an episode on food memories just for just for fun, because it's it's there is I, I mean, you know, like the movie Ratatouille and other things, there is a huge connection of food to your memories that I just love. So but back to Sicily. So um, next on, I want to take a brief detour on this because I, because I want to talk about your trip to, uh, mm-hmm. to Sicily and you, so we'll get back to the rest of the menu here in a moment, but I want to cover some of the highlights of your visit to the market there, some of the things you saw in the market. I love the fishmonger, video, you know, video that you had there. Um, so tell us a little bit about that. And I'm assuming this was in. Let me see if it was Cap- uh, Capo Market in Palermo. So tell us a little bit about uh, Cap- Capo Market and what you saw there. Okay. Um, what's interesting is that you know we're talking about my father's um, parents, but on my mother's side, her mother was from Palermo. So. It's a different personality in the island. Very different. Um, in Ragusa, you really feel everybody is very reserved, um, kind of closed, you know. In Palermo, the personality was a little bigger and kind of open. And I mean, this is such a generalization, it's ridiculous, but that was my experience, okay? So um, the same um, friend, uh, that became a friend, Juliana in, in Ragusa, she was in this company called Uncovered Sicily, which was very different than other tour companies. And she set up this um, cooking class that we were going to take in Palermo, which started out with these two women meeting us um, at our B&B, Airbnb, I mean, at our bed and breakfast, and taking us to the Capo market where we were going to shop for what we were going to cook two young women that were so adorable and so sweet and so full of life. Um, one of them was very much um, steeped in historical subjects and would tell us about stuff like that. And the other one was our cook uh, instructor. Um, so we went through the Kappa market is like one big long stretch full of everything from cooking tools and all that stuff to lots of fish and lots of vegetables. And what got me is that um, the vegetables, they had the, what we call kukutsa lunga, which is this long squash, this <laughs> long green squash that my family used to get in New York. I don't, we don't see it here. We try to find replacements, but it was full. It was all over that market. Yeah. You can't get it here. <laughs> you can't get it where you are, Giovanni. No. Oh, you can. We have to go to the more expensive places. Okay, that import from the south. <laughs> anyway, I couldn't believe like it was just piled up everywhere. So, so I, another one of those heritage things is like, wait a minute, I know this. And um, so anyway, so they shopped for all kinds of stuff. They got um, sardines, fresh sardines. Mm-hmm. We got these little tiny, tiny fish, which I, I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what their name is, and I kind of Ish. looked it up. I think 
What is it? Alici, probably. I don't know. I well, there. I, I, I don't know. Alicia. It was, no. yeah, it was even smaller. Um, I want, there's a word I found. Is it Bianchetti or? Ah, the, really, the, okay, yeah. Which you can yeah. do things with completely. Okay. Yeah, we eat the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and we got some shrimp, some little shrimp. And um, anyway, so we had, so the intention was that we were going to be cooking on a boat. So we go to the <laughs> Palermo Harbor. And then we get on a boat and we don't go anywhere. We're in the harbor. <laughs> We're going to stay on the boat in the harbor. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Anyway, the galley was tiny, really tiny. And um, they took some time to kind of set some stuff up. And we sat in the sun on the deck there um, having a pair of TV or something. And, uh, and then we started cooking and it was great. I mean, I don't know if you want me to go into yeah, yeah. what we did there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, go for it. Um, so for the sardines, we were making uh, becca fico, becca fico, um, which was we had to clean the sardines. We learned how to clean the sardines and stuff, and get them all gutted and um, you know the scales off and stuff and clean. But we left the tail on, and so they were stuffed with kind of like I think it was like raisins and pine nuts and and uh, breadcrumb Ooh. and rolled, but with the tail still sticking up. And apparently, um, becca fico is a is a a dish for um, rich people from <laughs> could go back to medieval times or something, but it was actually a type of bird. Oh, okay. really? Okay. Yeah. So what they tried to do, which became a traditional dish, is use sardines to make it look like a bird. So that's uh, why they leave I get it. the tail on. So anyway, so they were stuffed and then laid out in a pan and baked, and they were amazing. Um, i trying to think what else we did. Oh, we made a trapanese pesto, which was uh, we all had little, um, you know, mortar and pestle right. things, and uh, was almonds and tomato and garlic. Um I can't remember what else, but it was delicious. And that was with the pasta. And then we fried those tiny, tiny, tiny fish just with like some flour or something deep fried. And that was just all piled on top of the pasta and you just ate them whole. Mm. If I might make a suggestion to Andy while you're talking, it's so good. And I figured all about it. It's been a long time. Make it. You can look up the the recipe and talk to Andy and make it for, for, for Lisa and for your daughters, because it's weird that it didn't, it's not really so diffused. Everyone thinks of pesto as a Genovese pesto, but no, the this, this pesto, this pesto is, sounds great. It sounds really no. It's actually it's uh, forgive me for using the word better. I don't like to use the word better, but in my opinion, it actually is better flavored, <laughs> and it travels very well because you don't have to have exactly the right olive oil, exactly that basil, because and it's really delicious and it's light. Um, maybe because it's not as a rich, you know, it's not a sauce. It's, it's a it's a condiment. It's not a big time. You don't you don't you don't you can't. Like shove a spoon in your mouth. It's a, but it's a. It's actually more flavorful in my opinion. It's a better sauce, but God. it's not well known at all. No, it's not. And and um, I'm not. Am I forgetting some of the ingredients? I know it's like it was almonds and garlic and tomato. If you find if you find a link, Joe, we'll put it in the show notes. I'll totally go for I'm, it. I've been putting stuff in the, in the in on the side just in case you guys want to as you guys are talking. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we made these almond cookies too. Um, it was like uh, 
almond paste. With almond paste, almond paste, almond flour. I have like about five different kinds of almond cookies that I make, and then just crushed almond, sliced almonds that you roll on top with the cherry. So is this um, is this the biscotti, or is this just regular cookies you're talking about? This is just the cookies we made on the on the boat. Okay. Um, they, what, it's not the biscotti regina. It's um, a different, um, just an almond cookie. Okay. That was great. We made a, a lot of things. It was, it was yeah. If you could, this little tiny galley. If you could find a picture of like the of the sardine looking like yes. a bird, I will totally yes, put them in the show notes. That. that would be okay. A blast. Yeah. I'll make a note of that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. I'll remember. <clears throat> okay. Um, I thought I thought the the footage here, and I'll show some of the footage of the fishmonger in. Um, you know, I know, cut. and he's so cute too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when you when you look at this, that's yeah. See that, that girl right there with the white shirt? Yeah. She was our cook. Oh, um, yeah, she was our teacher. But look at that. That's that's the way a fishmonger should be. That is just oh. that is just impressive. Pecorino. It's Adios really something. Master. No. Yeah. I was and, I, and I'll I'll link this video in the show notes. It's just adorable okay, to look through yeah. all this. It's really really great. <laughs> Pecorino. Stagionate. The magic of ah, what, what, oh. Pecorino that was in the Trapanese. In the food. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing coming. that's in there. And there is yes. basil too. Okay. I'll bring it up here. I have the recipe because you know we went off with all the recipes. I've made it here too. Um I'll send you my recipe too. Um, from them. I just, you know what? I just have to get a pen. Give me one second. Take your time. That looks delightful, Gio. Really good. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to try it. It's also easier to make okay. than Pesto Genovese, by the way. So I believe it. I have a pen now. I believe it. Um, if you if you want this link, you know, we'll just, I'll get you all the links afterwards here, Paulette. Okay. Okay. So uh, we've talked a little bit about uh, Capo Market. Um, well, what other things you had in your video of Capo Market? <laughs> And that's arguably one of my favorite street treats is arancini. Hmm. So tell us a little bit about what it was like to get. Oh, hold on. The figure's going up by Gio. Hold on. I don't know. I'm not, you guys are Sicilians, but it depends on the city. Someone insists it's arancino. Others it's arancina. I don't know the yeah. difference. True. Or if I've there said, is one. So you guys go, you guys go for it. There is, I think this is what I, yeah, this is what I understand the difference is. In Sicily, they say arancina because they are associating it with the look of an orange. Yes. And um, the um, what's interesting is that my grandfather, I remember this story, but when he came over on the ship to uh, New York, he had with him like a satchel of oranges from Sicily. Mm -hmm. And that, from what I understand from the story is that he never wanted to see an orange again because however long it took that voyage, that's what he had a lot to eat of was oranges. So... That's why when I hear orangina, it's like, okay, well, that's the orange, you know. Yeah. Um, but also in Sicily, they do make them shaped like a cone, mm -hmm. um, the orange, orangina, if it's um, – but it doesn't have to be. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. I'll put this it, it, link it, on it because it's actually – they argue about it between Sicilians more than from outside of Sicilians, to be honest. Oh, really? Interesting. Oh. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, and it looks <laughs> – so when I was looking but at the in film, a fun way, this isn't like carbonara. Yeah, yeah, it's not. This <laughs> no, isn't yeah, a good. Right, yeah, exactly. carbonara would get pretty heated. But <laughs> that's definitely a war. Yeah. <laughs> but 
but it looks like that the fillings are different. This one's with ricotta and other and other things, but uh, um, this is even infused with saffron, lemon zest, butter, parmigiano. But it looked like what you had had did it was it was it was it savory? Did it have meat in it and peas, or what did it have? Yes, meat and peas. Um, and this, so while you're strolling through the Capo Market, you can um, stop and there's a few little tables in one little section, probably more than one little section, and uh, a little stall that's doing a lot of frying. So they're frying the arancina and they're frying panelle, which is like a um, semolina batter. Am mm-hmm. I correct? I'm trying to remember. Um little pieces of fried things. And I think they were doing potato croquettes too. So Mm. it was like a mashed potato fritter kind of thing. But what was great is that um, we got to go, the the two ladies leading us around, let me go into the back where the woman was actually making the orangina. And she had like a pile of, um, looked like saffron uh, risotto kind of rice. And a pile of the meat and she would just put it in there. She made these balls and then she would roll it in some breadcrumb. And then she had a big vat of um, hot oil and put them in there. So they were balls there, but in other places, if I'd stopped at a bar to have a snack, they'd have the arancina shaped like a, like a cone, Mm -hmm. you know, but this had meat and peas in it. It's so good. I mean, I have a recipe. I make it too, um, but I never get it like that. Yeah. Never get it like the way they do it. It's, I mean, to me, it's just one of those, probably, arguably, probably one of my favorite street foods ever is eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember in Rome, the, the couple last few times I was there, there was a place um, that was like a Sicilian street food place in Rome, and they had a whole <laughs> bunch of the arancini. <laughs> oh, there's there's like a small chain food. in Rome that actually just does arancini. Really? Ah. Oh, cool. All different kinds and such. But just like everything else, as long as you make one kind perfectly. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Is that place, Giovanni, is that supposed to be a Sicilian place, the one you're talking about in Rome? Oh, sure. But I'm pretty sure like most of those small chains, they're all recycling places. So they're all from wherever. <laughs> but, okay. um, and maybe they hire two Sicilian people once in a while. But that's kind of like the, the Chinese sushi places. I'm sure if, <laughs> if you're from a good, someone in Sicily who's used to it, you know, like the Japanese, I've never seen. Have you, have you guys ever seen any kind of Japanese descendant person or even in a Chinese sushi place? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a mashup. I don't know. Um, no, I've never a seen Chinese them. sushi place. It's not the same, and I doubt you'd ever see Sicilian going to the McDonald's in Rome, which is kind of like. But I like it. I used to go there a lot. They go to different <laughs> kinds and different bastardizations with you know whatever. And oh really? I was too. always afraid to go in there. <laughs> Even weird colored ones. That's funny. If you if you remember, probably saw it there. The swordfish on the inside. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That sounds good. So continuing with our menu. So we've gotten through the pre-meal. We've gotten through the main course of uh, pork ragu. And now we're getting into the sweets section of things mm-hmm. here. So you got to with Sicily, Sicily. I mean, so let's talk about cannoli for a second. You know, I know it, oh, no, it's, not on, it's a, not on the menu. It's, it's, it's not on our list, but we have to talk about cannoli before we talk about, you know, the almond cookies and such. So, 
Sicily is known for cannoli. Did you have a chance to enjoy, you know, cannoli while you're there much, Paula? Yes, I, yeah, I did. It's not, I'll have to tell you, it's not a favorite of mine. <laughs> in fact, but I'm making it a class. Just this weekend, I have a class. We're doing a Sicilian, kind of Sicilian menu. We're doing a pork ragu and we're making cannoli. So I finally figured out a good recipe for the, um, the shells. And uh, yeah, interesting. I'm playing also with the, um, the filling, which I used to make with just a ricotta filling. But they, it was always too soft for me. You know, it's like, mm, it's almost like dripping out, you know. So now I do ricotta ah, and mascarpone, and I don't know if it's oh, like, okay. a, you know, sacrilegious or something, but mm, it stabilizes okay. it a little bit better. <laughs> Here, because I'm familiar with it, I can mention it's difficult. Also, this cannoli can range from being sublime to, frankly, why? <laughs> and most of them are the why and first is like like carbonara is based entirely on the quality of the ingredients so you have to have excellent fresh ricotta mm-hmm. yeah. and you have to pass and you kind of have to pass it pass it you've got to go through how do you call it I've forgotten in English how do you call you're talking it? about a sieve are you talking about like the cheese a cloth? sieve but the you know, big, a big flat yeah. a, big, a mm-hmm. big flat sieve it's got to be passed twice eh? not once you got to okay. pass it twice there you mm-hmm. go yeah. And then you mix it just a little, a little bit. Always take the recipes in line, and in my opinion, unless you're from Sicily, they like things maybe sweet. Half of the sugar they recommend. And then you mm-hmm. have to also have really good canditi, um, mm-hmm. uh, sugar, caramelized. Can- um, candied fruit. Candied fruit. Yep. And then it becomes divine. If And if not, yeah. then it's why? It's a lot of work for, for this. Or you, what? Yeah. Two euros and a half for this? Just give me a gastronetto. Yeah. <laughs> Screw it. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Go keep going. Just, uh, no, but it, it's true. I, you know, I, I usually am drawn to recipes that are not fussy and don't need a lot of uh, special attention. So draining the ricotta is something that I'm like, oh no, do I have to really do that? (laughs) (laughs) So I like to go straight. Plus, the other thing I think of is that for my cooking class students, I want them to take a recipe that they're going to make, and then if they have to do a hundred different things to get there, I don't know if they're going to do. No, will they make it or not? So yeah. So for years, I really just used the ricotta, and I barely ever drained it. Um, But now I do mix in mascarpone. And I see those places where sometimes they do that too. And so I'm hoping, well, am I not, you know, I'm not being too awful, but it's just those simple ingredients. And, um, and of course, some sugar. Um, And I don't like super sweet either. So I don't go too far with that. But I use the candied cherry and crushed pistachio. And um, sometimes, Little baby chocolate chips, just like on the ends. Mm-hmm. Yep, just as an accent. Yep. Forgive me, I have to ask a question, Andy Paulette. What do you think about this weird craze, which at least in Italy was there, of deconstructing the cannolo as a dessert in more expensive restaurants or why? medium expensive? What is this? I don't know. Deco- I don't. Why? I'm sorry. Here they serve. They serve. You know, you get you get the ricotta here and the little the the pieces of the fried uh, dough here, and then. Do they make Why? do they make a little mound of like the ricotta and yeah, they put like a little sliver and then right and the why <laughs> it's all, all it, to be all, together all, all, I would, all I would say is why how do I put this so why would Noma have to recreate cannoli just stop 
right? Just let it be, right? Let, just eat a, eat a cannoli and get on with life. You'll be fine. Well, because in Omega, you'll be spending $355 just for the cannola. Right. So they better do something with it. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. And in I the end, it'll be know, not better than the original. But hey. <laughs> There's something about that that uh, I'm attracted to, though. I've never done it, but I, I kind of like the idea of a deconstructed cannola. But, um, Give it a go. But if it's... I don't know. I've been watching a lot of British um, chef shows lately, <laughs> and they, they'll come up with something like that. Um, and it, you look at the dish, and you go like, "Well, that that looks kind of cool." You know, dipping it like a you know tortilla chip. Essentially, yeah. It becomes a condiment as opposed to a roll, right? <laughs> yeah, I yield. <laughs> no, I don't know. You know, I totally understand the objection, though. So let's we'll keep moving on here to something that I really love, and you've mm. is biscotti. Um, so this just is delightful, written all over it with Sicilian sesame seed cookies. Yeah, yeah, biscotti Regina. Um, I, I totally grew up with this, and um, my mom makes it all the time. I make it all the time. I do it in my classes. It's a great um, cookie that's um, good with coffee. When I used to do more writing than whatever I'm doing now, and when I lived in New York, there were Italian bakeries all over New York, a full, they always have this cookie. And um, you would sit at a cafe and I would say, I'll get my coffee and I want just two biscotti Regina. And then I would eat that with my writing and stuff. Down here in, in Nashville, there are, mm, there are no Italian bakeries. There's one that just started far away, but, but still, they don't have this cookie. So to me, it was only something in, in my life growing up and then occasionally in, a, in an Italian bakery in New York. And then when I went to Sicily and I just saw bags of them in the shops and they were like, it was like all over the place. It would be like biscotti was, heaven, right? You're like. Yeah. And I would say, oh, wow, look at, they do it. Like they, they get it a lot darker. Like this was like a really deep brown color or this one had it super pale because the sesame seeds, um, there's hulled sesame seeds and unhulled. And oh, the okay. ones that keep the hull on are um, a little darker in color to begin with. And the ones that take it off are super, super pale. They're like almost white. And when you bake them, I never use that one. I always have it with the hole on. So I'm not sure if the white ones really brown in in the baking. But um, anyway, I would see just sort of a range of doneness um, on those cookies in different parts of the island in Sicily, you know, but it, that cookie was there, you know. Yeah. Um, it's kind of, kind of omnipresent cookie, but um, yeah, to me, this is, this just spells a, an absolute delight to have with espresso. Just can't go wrong with it. No. And, and it's called biscotti, you know, it's not anything like the, you know, moon, uh, you know, half moon shaped mm -hmm. biscotti, but it's biscotti. It's a cookie and has a lot of vanilla in it. So, that's its main thing. It's not super sweet. It's not sweet. It's barely sweet, um, but it's a real vanilla flavor. And then the and then the sesame seeds and uh, and right. sesame seeds. I mean, isn't that kind of an Arab influence on Sicily? I that's, think that's the what I was going to say. Probably yeah. came from that culture. 
that, 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 I think it's true. It's they actually occupied it for a long time. Well, that's actually one of the things I was going to mention here, and I'll have this link here to the um, kind of like a summary page of Sicily. They were talking about the African influence, right? And here I'll open this up here real uh, quick. Sure. Today it's also Mediterranean influence, and ah. there are plenty of people in Sicily would prefer <laughs> to be part of a Mediterranean nation rather than an Italian one. Sure, Italic one. But they right. talk well, about the, but North Africa, you know. Um, that, I'm sorry, we're talking about more of an Arab um, Arab influence because there's a lot of Arab in the cuisine. Yeah, well, I mean the. We talk about couscous, and, and you're talking and about the culture mm-hmm. and the food and the and the buildings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I wanted to make one interjection about Sicilian cookies in general. Those things, because I'm sure Paulette, man, when you open up the package, they just smell so mm. good. Yes, more than other places, <laughs> at least that I've yes. been to. And you open up, man, it it makes you look. <laughs> see, look, see, look. I get, I get, I get, uh, uh, his, his hair is oh, standing on. Bumps. Yeah, I get your hair standing up. <laughs> because it's, you open it up and you're someplace else. Yeah. Uh, that's, are you talking about the Biscotti Regina or, or, or any? Just generally, particularly from Sicily, a little bit mm-hmm. on, uh, in the South generally. Um, mm-hmm, and they have mm-hmm. a different, other places we make cookies, but nothing like, like that. Abruzzi, yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. not the same deal. Yeah. 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 No, it's true. It's true. It's really, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. There's just so many great sweets and uh, it's, yeah, I I can, I can relate to the, the, the idea of just opening up the bakery, opening up the the package of cookies and just, just smelling it for a while because it's just so incredible. Question. Did you guys have any good um, almond, uh, fruit, uh, the, 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 the marzipan fruits? Marzipan. Did you guys Mm -hmm. have any of those? Did you guys have any of those when you were there? No, we didn't. Oh, no, I mean, I, I didn't, but I saw I saw a lot of it. I saw a lot of it around. Um, the the chocolate that was the other thing. I don't know if you want Monica. how much you want. Yeah, to actually, that was that, good, that was yeah. gonna be the next thing I was gonna go to was the Modican chocolate. Yeah, I had it here on my mm-hmm. list. Mm-hmm. Geo's kind of making a face of it's okay, but hey, I'm the non-Sicilian. I'm not big on Modica <laughs> chocolate. I get it, but it's not my cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not that kind of really. Um, you know, you wouldn't put it as far as flavor on on the top of the list, but it's very interesting because it's um, South American, or I think it's South American. I was going to say South American or Central American um, way of ancient way of making chocolate. And we made chocolate at somebody's house because her family, the woman who taught us, it was her apartment. We went up about 50, 60 steps to get to her apartment in Modica. Mm-hmm. Um, so, which is a very close town to Ragusa. And, um, and we made it from beginning to end in the space of, you know, less than two hours. So you don't really make chocolate that fast. Um, in, in, in other uh, procedures. And it was, it, it didn't have all of the um, specificity of tempering and this and that and, you know, lots of things you have to be careful when making chocolate. This was really very rustic and I think we were like shaking it to get it together and then putting it in molds and then stamping it out and it was, um, the texture was not super smooth. It kind of had like a little coarseness to it. Mm-hmm. And um, 
it's just interesting because of its um, origins, you know. Um, I don't remember, and I, I don't remember a lot of the detail, but I just remember it was something that we were able to do in a short amount of time and have a piece of chocolate in our hand that was done, you know. Until, yeah. forgive me, I have to inter- I'll interview quite just quickly, until actually the accident basically in Switzerland where you, they left the freaking machines on and they came after uh, 70 hours about, and that became milk chocolate to us. Really? And that's what we're used to. Yes, it was an accident. Uh, that's how chocolate was made, basically. And that's the sugar doesn't dissolve, so you have sugar crystals. Oh, but more importantly, because you don't have that much heat or, or, or pounding, the chocolate actually, the bean, you, you taste more of the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But mm-hmm. I like milk chocolate mixed in. <laughs> because if the milk is good, it, it's, it's so it's delightful. Good, in my, for me, and it's deli- if it's good milk, you know, it's not bad. <laughs> so. I like dark chocolate. I mean, the darker, dark the better. I do too. Mm-hmm. I do too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I and well. it seems less sweet than milk chocolate too, yeah. I think. Uh, yeah. I think they, I think because they use less less sugar. I'm not sure, but as a general rule, uh, anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very famous in Italy too, because they use the highest quality ingredients in beans, coffee beans, uh, chocolate beans. I'm sorry. Uh huh. Uh-huh. But uh, I, I yeah, I it. once did a um, uh, a, a little uh, tour of a ch- local chocolate maker, and they were using the same equipment you would use to roast coffee beans. Oh, cool! That sort of spinning thing that goes yeah. around and um, and has an arm that goes through it, and it was the same thing they would use for coffee beans, but they were using, uh, you know, the original ingredients to make chocolate. chocolate. Wonderful. Well, Paulette, this was a great menu and a really cool trip to uh, Sicily to uh, enjoy it. This was awesome. Thank you. This was a ton of fun. Okay. Yeah, good. I mean, uh, there's more stories if we, you know, if, you, if we had time. But um, we uh, are we really coming to a close? I because I just had one thing I could add. Go for it. Um, add more stories. Yeah. Okay. Um, while we were in Ragusa, we went to Marina di Ragusa to somebody's home to cook, and um, this family had a, a separate building. Um, where they did more cooking and they had like a wood burning oven nice. in there and all that stuff. Oh, <laughs> great. And the, and the man of the house, husband and wife, and then I think their kids came later, but he would actually, like, I remember he had like, like a branch from a tree that he was bringing in and like stuck in the oven. And they would, uh, we were making oh, awesome. scotcha and we were making these sort of um, oh, little pies, you know, kind of look like empanadas kind of thing. Oh, and they had the dough ready for us. And it was on a windowsill, all the little balls of dough under about this thick, I mean, you know, a foot of blankets to <laughs> keep the dough nice. You fuckers. And then they showed us how to make the scotcha. And then they showed us how to make these. That's things. living life right, right there. That is awesome. Yes. Oh, it's just great. Screw I mean, they had you. the whole building just for that. It was just oh, great. And outside so cool. the building was their garden, but it was at night. So we really couldn't see everything. When everything was done, we went into their house and they had the big table for us to sit at. And they had a big bowl of peeled prickly pears um, <laughs> ready for us because that was the season. 
And they were like multicolor, you know, some were red, some were yellow, and um, they passed that around. And then we ate all the scotch and the and the other little pies that were filled with something similar to like escarole, and I don't remember what exactly the green was, but. Um, and then they passed around. What was the after dinner drink? They came out with this. Oh, first they came out with big tray of espresso, and then big tray of some. And our driver came to get us, and we was just starting this feast, and so they came, he came in, and so he was sitting with us. And driver's like, "I'll join you. Sure, why not? That's right. Sure." <laughs> And they kept, they wanted to keep bringing out more stuff, but the driver was like, hey, you know, I got to go. So it was really wonderful. That's an awesome story. I love going to people's homes. It's just great. What joy. God. Yeah, lucky bastards. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That is a great story to conclude this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you again, Paulette. This was a super fun journey to Sicily. Oh, good, 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 good. I loved going back just in in the stories and thinking about it again. And I can't wait to be there again, too. I need to go. At some point in my life. Yes, I need to go. Yes, you do. You have a background there. You must be there. Got to visit. Go. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, that concludes this episode. Thank you both again very much. Thank you. Thank you. It was so much fun. I really appreciate it. Thank you.